Hello, everyone. Everything looks good. Welcome to the weekly cooldown. It is our first live show. Um, I don't know what else to say other than that, but here we are. Um, so, welcome to the show. Of course, for another edition, it is episode 20. Um, it is technically uh, March 31st, but it will be April 1st when this comes out on your podcasting apps. So if you're listening live, welcome live. And if you're listening uh, on podcasts, I mean, welcome either way, whatever. Um, so we've got a lot going on today. Um, a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Um, Gaguri, we have streamers to talk about. Um, we have the New York uh, Excelsior to talk about, of course. Uh, Twim Sweeney said some interesting things about uh, crossplay and what he thinks about crossplay. There's a few games that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame and are up to be in the Hall of Fame. And we also are going to talk about Splatfest. But of course, I can't do any of this alone. And I have at least one guest to talk about it with. So we are going to bring in my good friend, Austin White. Austin, did you mute yourself? All right, we're back. Hi. I had the cough cough earlier, and I didn't want to be rude. (laughs) Oh, no, you're fine. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Um, Really happy to be here. Uh, I only have one thing to say. The people listening tomorrow, you should be listening today. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I'm really new at this. It looks good so far, though. Yeah, I think so, and it, it'll be fun. <laughs> uh, it would have been funner live for you tomorrow, so. Well. You talked with us in chat. Yeah, that's yeah, true, too. Yeah. No one in chat yet, but we'll see. We'll get there. Uh, welcome to the show again. <laughs> uh, we're still waiting on one guy, but I mean, we'll start without him. Yeah, Mr. Paul Henderson. He's late and or hungover. I don't know which. You can be both. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can be both. He was on stream last night, just having beer after beer, playing Hearthstone. And, I mean, he was doing well, but then he started getting really, really drunk. And then it was like, boop! He lost, like, three matches in a row. It was just, it wasn't a good night for him. No. I mean, that's usually how I deal with playing games like that. Though. Yeah, get a little <laughs> get a little tipsy, maybe a little drunk, see how it goes. Um, so, uh, why don't we jump right into it? Why don't we just yeah. get started? Go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, I want to talk about streamers, because there's been a lot of streamers in the news lately. Um, Ninja is in the news twice this month. Um, uh, who else? Gagri is in the news now. Um, and just lots and lots of people. So let's yeah. jump into talking about streamers. Um, Which means we're just going to talk about Fortnite, right? I mean, <laughs> as popular as that game is, I can't believe how popular that game is. Oh, gosh, man. Like, you can't do anything on, uh, with, with, like, without streaming Fortnite now. No. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, at least it's opening up channels for people, you know, like people like me who are new streamers who like who enjoy Fortnite, you know we get to play that and people come and they watch and hip-hop hooray um but i don't know i feel like there's other 
cool games to play out there, and you should watch those people too. In any case, uh, streamers are more and more uh, being invited into the mainstream media collective, usually because of things like racial slurs and stuff like that. But lately, more and more good streamers have been invited to tell their stories. Um, of course, unfortunately, that is undercut by the negative parts of their uh, attention. Um, so first, let's talk about uh, Ninja, because recently Ninja got on stream with Drake and a couple other rappers and did this really cool stream. There was like a million viewers. They played Fortnite. It was a lot of fun and uh, people liked it. They talked about it for like a couple weeks. And then more recently on his stream, uh, he started, he was rapping some song and uh, inserted the N-word somehow. Um, I don't know how you accidentally insert the N-word. But there's been a lot of um, a lot of people giving their opinion on it, and so Austin, what is yours? <laughs> well, um, I actually did. I enjoyed your little take on it on Twitter. Um, and one of my favorite radio personalities actually is Charlemagne the God, mm -hmm. uh, and he talks about this actually in his last podcast. He talked about it a little bit, but um, essentially why, like, even when we think trying to use that word respectively almost and we're tr like like respectfully not actively um there is no way there's just no way you can like I, right. and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you like who uses it and it doesn't matter like where you're coming from or why you use it ultimately you just can't um i i get he was singing a song and i understand that like in the heat of the moment especially you got you're not thinking um mm -hmm. he might say it um, personally, obviously, I'm, I'm not going to. But um, <clears throat> when you when you think about it, his I mean, his stream name is a uh, uh, white friendly equivalency. Of, right. I think <laughs> of the word. I think Sky Williams <laughs> said something like that on his yeah. Twitter. Exactly. Like you, you can't necessarily expect this guy not to push the limit of that. Um, I I I didn't like it, but I I think it's something that. Like I said, it, it's not acceptable in, in any way. He mm -hmm. apologized, and I think, for me at least, I think that's kind of where we need to start just moving on. Um, he did apologize. He realizes it wasn't the right thing to say. I think uh, I, I'm okay with people taking that to heart and being very upset with it because mm -hmm. I think they should be. Right. But I, I do think it is it is time to start kind of allowing him to move forward and um, show that while it was a mistake, he, he really is serious. It was a mistake. It right. wasn't just... Yeah. And that's kind of what I was saying, too, about the whole thing, is that, like, yes, he said it, and yes, it's wrong, but he did realize his mistake almost immediately. He fumbled over it. Um, he tried to, uh, you know, kind of make up for it. And uh, it didn't necessarily work, really. Oh. Yeah, I just heard the noise, too. Oh. <laughs> oh. Look What's at this. What's going on? <laughs> Who's joining us? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Pauls Henderson. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> but I'm like super here now. now. Yes, now. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Henderson. Fan favorite. Fan favorite Paul Henderson. Fan favorite. <laughs> I still remember from the last. <laughs> Fan favorite Paul Henderson. Fan favorite Paul Henderson. That's me. Hi, Paul. 
That's actually how I introduced myself in new settings. He's like, hey everybody, it's me, fan favorite Paul Henderson. How y'all doing? <laughs> what? What's the excuse? What happened? I straight up was asleep. I was just asleep just now. Uh, I totally forgot about time zones. Oh. Uh, also, for some reason, in my like dumb monkey brain, I was like, oh yeah, of course, it's tomorrow. Ah. Uh, like, like it's always been. Paul, welcome yeah. to the show. Good to be here. Nice to see you. It is a Twitch chat. There is, but I don't know if anyone's talking in it. No, we got a couple. <laughs> oh, do we? Paul is low, Jace. <laughs> oh wait, I've got to show. I've got to show that I'm professional and have, and have my microphone very slightly on screen. There you go. That's how no. you know that I. That's how you know I'm legit. Perfect. Uh, that's how you know I'm not. I still use a headset. <laughs> Um, so, what was I saying before? Oh, so yeah, so, Mr. Ninja. Um, <laughs> nice guy, realized he messed up, apologized. We should be moving on, but we also, at least in my opinion, we should recognize that when things like this happen, I personally don't think it's, uh, I, I, I don't think it's just the mistake, like, oh, it happened. I think we should realize that if he said it by accident on stream, he probably said it on purpose behind closed doors. And that's just my own take on it. But, oh, no, that's definitely yeah, the yeah. case. It, it's, the same, it's the same thing with, like, with PewDiePie and with the Logan Paul thing. Is like, if, if this is the way they act when they're trying to carefully curate their image, mm -hmm. how are they when the cameras aren't on? Right. It's got to be way worse, right? Right, and that that was the thing I also posted about, uh, since we're still on the streamer's topic, uh, XQC, because he, you know, he crafted this image of being, like, some bad boy or something, I don't know. Um, but he, in doing so, he's alienated certain people who probably would have been his fans, uh, when he, especially when he was on the Dallas Fuel, um, but then you see him on his personal stream. Uh, I, I posted a clip of it the other day, and he's just ragging on teammates and, uh, you know, just just horrible, just bad. I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mm, man. It's, Paul's it's, got yeah, some things to say. Ninja is, like, like very, at least for the, this very brief period of time, has kind of become the de facto face of Twitch. Whereas, mm -hmm. um, as Fortnite's gotten as popular as it is, and after the ball-numbingly popular stream that was the Drake stream, in all capitals, the <laughs> Drake stream, it was like a whole, sorry, it was a whole thing. And to go from that to, oh yeah, by the way, Mr. Face of Twitch might be a little racially insensitive. Yay, yay. Right. That's, that's uncomfortable for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think the we just have to kind of move to a point where just that word shouldn't be okay no matter what. Like, Agreed. I, I, get I get it was a mistake. I want him to, like, I'm happy you apologize. I want to allow him to move on, but we do all have to kind of work harder. At, at, like, regardless of race or, or anything, we all have to start working harder to just stop using that word, even when you think you're using it in a way that is respectful to your your friend your 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 mate like it doesn't matter i mm -hmm. think it just needs to stop <clears throat> oh hey um since i see that i missed uh gregory stuff can i go back and just say really quick actually Gregory's we 
We haven't really spoken about yeah, that. Yeah, we haven't gone there yet. Oh, never mind that. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of, speaking of uh, people who are on the internet... Great hey, segue. Gregory is a person. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, Gregory yeah, is a person. Um, And it's good that you say that she is a person because... She's been getting a lot of slack on the internet there. Um, Man, I'm gonna fight the fucking internet. I'm yeah. Right? Yeah, it's kind of a lot. Um, Gregory's been getting a lot of slack for not looking feminine enough. Uh, she took to Twitter to say that she felt ugly and fat. Um, last Saturday, she wrote an unnecessary apology to her fans saying about her looks. Um, quote, when I get stressed, I start binge eating, so I get fat. I'm sorry for being ugly. In stage three, I'll work hard to show a good side of myself, if only in game. And then again, she followed up on it and saying, I'm getting so fat, you can call me Toad now. Toad. Um, Toad, Toad, of course, is a uh, reference to her name, Gregory. Um, I don't know what that's about. All internets is bad. <laughs> she's she's the first girl woman however you want to put it to play in in overwatch league she's like gonna be the it's one of the biggest leagues right now like why do we have to like she's a beautiful person for what she's doing stop it just she's stop it. the greatest zarya i've ever seen in my life <laughs> her diva is fucking like, amazing right now too. i don't know if you've seen any of her streams she's like yes scary she is Fucking I've seen her Zarya. Think, I genuinely think she is the difference between a losing uh, Shanghai Dragons and a I, mid I middle of the pack Shanghai Dragons. I completely Dragons. agree mm -hmm. with, uh, I think it was Doa that made the prediction that it, for April 4th is going to be their day. I think the mm -hmm. April 4th against the Dallas Fuel is going to be their first win, 100%. Ooh, we shall see, certainly. If Fuel keeps having oh, the roster uh, issues they're having. April 4th is when, yeah, okay, yeah, no, yeah, I was like, wait, no, like, I 100% I believe they'll, they, they can start the stage 2-0 if, if they play right, like, I think this is the beginning of them actually showing up. And I don't know if they'll necessarily go 2-0, because I think they're playing a mid to top tier team after Yeah, that's who I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to go look at the schedule. Watch the schedule. We're doing this live, guys. Live. No, no editing here. No, they're playing the Valiant, man. I they're going two and zero this week, next week. Like oh, they're, yeah. they're gonna, yeah, because they'll beat the Fuel, and then the Valiant have been in disarray, uh, like since stage two, and like they were kind of on the downturn in stage two, but now them and the Fuel are trying to get rid of like people who are causing problems and bring in new people. Is and it? I just, yeah, I, I I'm calling it now. Shanghai is it confirmed? No week week one. Is it confirmed <laughs> that Gregory is gonna be on? That. Yeah, no, okay. she, yes, said, yes, said she was for sure going to be in for stage three. Great. And like, and like my my uh, my my Overwatch League loving brain is like, yeah, go Shanghai Dragons. But my Houston brain is more importantly like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be yeah. it'll be really gonna, interesting. Dallas is going to be the first team to lose to Shanghai. Yeah. yeah dude, Shanghai's fuck first Dallas. four games. Their first four games are winnable. This is ridiculous. Yeah, no, it, it totally is. I'm excited. I'm I excited. am too. And I really hope that. Maybe winning some games might boost her self-esteem. Um, it it more to the point about her as a player. Um, a lot of people, uh, namely people who enjoy watching her, um, us for example, make a big deal out of uh, her ability and the fact that she's being brought into the Overwatch League. But she seems to be kind of downplaying her own abilities and her own uh her own uh induction into the league saying things like don't count your chickens before they hatch and you know kind of not really 
showing a lot of spirit, I suppose. Um, yeah. it, I imagine it's a lot of pressure to be taken from one league to another and then put on an international spotlight. So that might be part of it. Um, but I, I feel bad for her. I really do. I can't I can't blame her for not wanting to hype herself up because one she is a she is a Korean person joining a mostly Chinese roster that language sure. is going to be rough. Mm -hmm. I mean th there there is a little bit of crossover between Japanese and Korean but it's like the difference between like English and German. It's right. not you'll catch like a word or two. It's not like you're going to fucking understand. It's it's going to be rough. Uh on top of that she is even though she is a really fucking good player she is still coming into the only loss, the only the only winless team in the Overwatch League. Regardless of context, that's a yeah. rough team to enter. Like, you know at this point, Team Morale's got to be at an all-time low, no matter how much of an underdog streak they have in terms of people rooting for them. They're still completely winless. Right. Uh, like, people, there, there were some comparison charts that went up, and their loss record in terms of, like, traditional sports is, like, top for one of the worst lost records in like sports history right now <laughs> yikes and that's that's the, i mean it's obviously the first year and it's obvious their their org is in pretty serious disarray but lost streaks like this do not happen even the worst teams in the most popular sports get a w every once in a while and they haven't even gotten that well it's, it's hard for a chinese team too especially when they wanted to have so many so much of their roster be chinese because right the, yeah it's so much easier to make money streaming in china than it would be to play for uh the overwatch league and they've released some of the prices of players i guess you could say and really compared to other esports uh, especially like league of legend is kind of the best example i would have mm -hmm. they really don't make a ton of money um but not not only to to like mention that but to kind of jump off what you were saying there paul um shanghai right now is a negative 65 math differential so it's not like their own 20 is oh they've lost 20 games that they, they, they could have won like yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they they have lost games <laughs> right they've won eight maps total eight maps as opposed to 73 like wow something needs to change and i really do think that gregory can be the something that that changes right now um i i'm just excited like so glad my two like smartest overwatch people are here because now we're gonna switch over to talk about uh new york xl but before we do since we're still on the subject of streamers yeah. i have one quick thing to say oh, no. markiplier reached 20 million subs and released a nude calendar and i want it someone has to buy it for me that's all i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> congratulations markiplier come on my fucking show um <laughs> So, moving on to, um... Wait, uh, hold on real quick. Did, holding they, on. Did Markiplier ever do a Hive Swap Let's Play? No, he didn't. Never mind. I don't think so. I had a fun trivia bit if that was the case, but nope. <laughs> Never mind. No trivia for you. Uh, so... Never mind. <laughs> New York Excelsior wins Stage 2. Uh, congratulations to them. Um, I know... Where's their nude calendar? Yeah. <laughs> Where's their nude calendar? I'm sure they have about 20 million subscribers fans i want to see big bad fatty pine naked what? oh gosh is that, is, that, is that weird a little bit um <laughs> cowboy hat holding a revolver and <laughs> um so uh Sorry. their win is being called a <laughs> stunning reverse sweep um so maybe you guys can talk a little bit more about that because i i don't really like have much to comment on like 
What was their game like? <laughs> I was I didn't actually watch the game. I was a little sad once once my Spitfire lost to the Fusion. Oh. Uh, I followed it and then I watched some of the game afterward. Man, um, I thought the Fusion had it. I honestly, I, I did too. Like that's that's half the reason I didn't watch it because I watched the first game. I was like, all right, cool. Walked away for the second. I saw how it finished. I was like, cool. Fusion in four tops. Like, come on. Yeah. And then it's... apparently I should have kept watching. Mm. <laughs> the, past, the, the last three weeks of Overwatch League has been like fucking over-reverse sweep league. Really? That's bad way. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, I need to think of a better name for this. Overwatch reverse... I'll send it back to the workshop. Could it be um, Le League Watch Over? It's League, League, yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll workshop that one some more. But, but, but like the last three weeks of Overwatch League was like reverse sweep after reverse sweep after reverse sweep. Sure. Like mm -hmm. fucking Houston got reverse swept. Uh, oh God, I, I can't even remember. There were so many. But but like obviously the surprise isn't that the New York XL won this stage. Everybody mm -hmm. knows that they're undoubtedly the best team in the league. There's, sure. there's no question about mm -hmm. that. Their score bears it out. Their results bear it out. The fact that they had to do a reverse sweep to make it happen. Is that is a good point. I... Against against a team that nobody thought was going to be that high right. into this stage. Everybody Shock. thought the Fusion were pretty much whatever. Mm -hmm. Shock was absolutely a stage two dark horse. People knew they were good, but they didn't think they were win the playoffs good. That would, no, be like if, that, that would be like, if I'm being completely honest with myself, that would be like if the Outlaws just came out of nowhere and just charged through the whole pack. Like I don't even think so, man. That's even, like... That's even but, more but, yeah, likely. But, it, but it, I, you're, right, you're right, actually. Like, I, think, I, think, I think right now Outlaws are probably the fourth best team in the league. Somewhere either above or below Soul. I'm not entirely sure. I, I think I'll take four. I, I, think it, oh, yeah. I think right now, personally, the top five is, depending on how the Fusion come into stage three, your top five of Excelsior, Spitfire, Dynasty, Fusion, Outlaws, I think that's a perfect representation of the top five teams right now. Sure. I, think, like... I think the Fusion and, and Outlaws, I, I'm... I'm willing to to go forward saying the fusion are better or sorry the outlaws are better than the fusion mm -hmm. but if the fusion come into this this stage three the way that they finish stage two like they have been playing out of their minds and i think a hundred percent it's it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that stage two they actually started using their bench they started substituting stage one you saw kind of the same six players every match in game out game and now a couple of their people are, are of age. I believe uh, EQO wasn't of age is the reason he wasn't able to mm -hmm. play. Yeah. Um, but I, I do know that uh, they've just started. Also, he's a filthy account booster. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I'm, I was pretty pretty happy to see Fusion do that. And I, I do believe, I do think the Outlaws on a per talent basis are a better team solely by their talent but i think the fusion uh depending on how they start this next stage are, are personally higher than than the outlaws and also the outlaws are no longer the only korean list team they acquired yes. arhan so yes. the the twitch memes will be stronger than ever before <laughs> oh boy the, the arhan lol j lol k crossover is going to be <laughs> very intense if they're ever on stream at the same time twitch chat may just implode yeah maybe just maybe yeah, the, the Arham pickup was great for them too i think that is i think that is truly something that will help them um kind of get out of this this funk that they were i in. don't know how desperate that we need a genji main right now uh, got, I, I feel i feel like our, our weakness is definitely more on the tracer side of things if they think Arham yes. can come in and slot really well on the tracer like the, the i was gonna say weak, genji's the at this point is almost a meme for I was, the yeah i was gonna say genji's so... like a like a 
selling point for most teams right now, I'd think. Well, because because stage two was a lot of dive comp. Stage right. Stage two was the dive comp stage. Mm -hmm. Like, we, we had just had our first... We Well, first, we just had the first stage of Overwatch League. But we had just had our first meta update in season of an Overwatch League. And I think anytime we see a big update like what we got, we're going to see a transition into dive compositions. Those mm -hmm. are going to be the most powerful for a little while. Because those are the most powerful until you have... A, a meta figured out yeah the outlaws is supposed to be the anti-dive team and exactly anti -dive yeah just didn't really happen this season no. uh outlaws of course they get kind of fucked by the meta um i was totally wrong in my predictions that i made before the season starts first of all mercy wasn't nearly as dead as i thought she was yeah did go, her pick rate yeah. did go down but especially as the season went on she started getting picked more and more i think people, people are yeah start. i think people are used to her People, people found places to slaughter in into the meta where she doesn't revive people like crazy. And second of all, the the defenses weren't like defenses that got completely rolled over like I thought they were. Despite the mercy changes, mm -hmm. the defenses of the teams were actually almost stronger in a way because they were able to repel attackers more effectively, which is something I didn't really adjust for. But the uh the way that the dive meta has has shook things up yeah just kind of fucked the outlaws it was it was really bad um so far Han's able to come in and make the outlaws more divey in stage three where the meta will probably be the same until brigitte comes out who is i think taylor that was gonna outlaws. that was gonna be my yeah. next question what do we think brigitte is gonna bring to the league I think Brigitte is tailor-made for the Outlaws. I think when she shows up, the anti-dive is going to be insanely powerful. She is... She's amazing. She can single-handedly one-shot tracers as a fucking support. That yes. Is so good. You just fucking right-click, shield bash, bash, shift, click, and they're dead in half a second. And it's you wonderful. don't even see most of the animations happen. Yeah. They just yeah, I did kill a tracer on Brigitte the other day, didn't I? And it feels real good. It feels amazing absolutely amazing um so on more overwatch news the uprising event is returning to overwatch soon um as you as most people who have played overwatch know the uprising event is actually from last year but there might be a new uh event coming along with it in a tweet in a video from overwatch they've let us know that the uprising event is coming back but they also let us know that they're ac accessing another archived file uh, number 0274, which will likely have some more lore tidbits and maybe another PvE mission for players to take on, which should be really fun. I played the uh, Uprising PvE events last year and did not get any skins, <laughs> so this is my second chance at uh, trying to get some new, uh, trying to get some of the old skins and hopefully some new ones because I need some skins, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the Facebook uh, supporter, the official Facebook page of Overwatch was a treat to see after the trailer dropped where they were just like, they're just redoing the same shit. Where's all the new content? Twitter was the same way. Blah, blah, blah. And there was a lot of that on Twitter too. And like half half the other comments were just like, hey, uh, fucking idiots. The event is like two weeks away. This is obviously a teaser for what is to come. Right. <laughs> gonna, I, I, in, in, although in all fairness, I feel like Blizzard probably could have done a little bit better job of conveying that. I know they're trying to be a little mysterious. Yes, they're very I cryptic. Think, I, think, I think they went a little... I think they leaned a little too hard into how cryptic they were being. Right. No, you're right. 
um, I remember, I remember there was a post on their Twitter, um, someone had replied to it and they drew a picture of Tracer, like a fat looking chibi <laughs> Tracer with a folder that said 0274 on it. And then they were like, that was fast. <laughs> And then, the, I don't know if you saw the reply after that, the same person drew it again, but it was Tracer, like, holding the file close to their chest and, like, pointing. <laughs> they drew it super, super fast. It's I love great. it. It's great. Oh, I can't wait for it. Um, I like, I kind of like the PvE missions because it gives me a chance to practice on some heroes and especially Tracer because I'm not good with Tracer at all. I'm not I, good um, at all. Oh, come on, man. I'm I'm so bad at Tracer. <laughs> there have been a lot of people saying that they wish the uh, Uprising event was around year-round just because it's really good training for new players. It and is. I actually kind of agree. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty safe environment to learn new mechanics mm -hmm. outside of the context of the game itself. So, like, you're not under a ton of stress from real people who are... Let's be real. Real people are kind of hard sometimes. They're kind of mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. Uh, you're but but you're fighting time. against a bunch of literal robots that slowly ramp up in difficulty. It's mm -hmm. it's a really natural way of Absolutely. learning mechanics without necessarily being under a ton of pressure, unless mm -hmm. you're playing harder difficulties, in which case it'll be tough. But yeah, it's like a good it. idea. I, I, it's it's hard to get yourself to play like just a regular practice. Uh, the dummies and everything. So I think it is a great way to to kind of. A little as, bit more interesting. As far as practice goes, I've been doing this thing where I'll set up a custom match. Like, especially if I need to practice headshots. I'll set up a custom match with Anna only. Dirty Hanzo uh, man. Yes, I am a dirty Hanzo <laughs> man. Thank you. <laughs> I'll set up a match with uh, Anna only and me on Hanzo. And make it so that only headshots count. And so, of course, Anna cannot headshot you at all. So, um... It, uh, it, it, it helps because the, they're like shooting at you, but you're just, you know, plunking yeah. arrows at their head oh, the it. entire time. Yeah, that does make sense. So it's, like it. it's good practice. <laughs> I just play uh, soldier and tracer. And if I, uh, if I need a warm up, I just don't play, uh, I just play a normal. Stuff. I'm not good at any <laughs> offensive heroes. I started playing tanks more, but honestly, cause like you, you need people to play. Oh, that's another reason Gagori's awesome. She plays a tank. Like, yeah. You need tank players, and nobody ever plays tank player. There's been a lot of discussion that the main tank and off tank roles might be the most important roles in the Overwatch League right now mm -hmm. because of their importance in ensuring that the teams have positioning in a fight and in ensuring that the opponents can be zoned so the DPS and the supports can do their thing unless mm -hmm. they're playing dive, in which case all those rules go out the fucking window and it happens yeah. all the time. But, <laughs> but, like, generally speaking, there's, there's like, a semi-unspoken consensus among the Overwatch League community that main tank is probably the most important uh, role in Overwatch, which is why Dallas has been struggling so much, because mm -hmm. they have the fucking defense against the dark arts position of the main tank role. In right. Yeah. Team. <laughs> right. Mean, they're, cursed. they're cursed. Once a season, they're going to have a new main tank, and that's just how it is. Well, and that's I think that's a huge or part of why uh, the, the Spitfire is so good, because they don't die. Their tank players don't die. And that's why even the Gladiators went from a eh, middling team to like a team that is is honestly like one maneuver one little bit away from being a really good team because they brought in Fisher. Mm -hmm. 
I think, and, uh, um, yeah. Sorry, can I, no, I, I, I think, I still think that the, for, for at least for the NYXL, their, their most important player is Jay Jon, is Jonak. I yeah. just tried to say it Jay Jonak, but it's just Jonak. Jonak, Jonak, Jonak is the scariest fucking Zenyatta in existence. He's, um, he's like consistently out DPSing the DPS on his team if Pine isn't playing. And he's, oh, and, yeah. and Pine is just McCree specialist anyway, so whatever. But, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think with the exception of Jonak on the NYXL, I think I still think main tank is probably the most important role. I, I think tank tank is kind of like um in in league there was uh, a thing that went around about I think it was last year and it was essentially if you had one person from each tier as a player on your team, where do you put your bronze player and where do you put your plat player? And I think tank is where you need your master, your platinum player. Um, I think DPS, obviously, honestly, like you need to be good. But the, the, there's sure. so much of a there's there's so much you can do to help a DPS that's not outputting a lot of damage. And I think the tank and then your supports are your your kind of especially for high level play. As long as your tanks are keeping people off your DPS and your supports are keeping your 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 tanks alive, mm -hmm. you're going to win. And and I think that was the biggest problem for Shanghai was that. Their their tank play and their their support play their support was just an open like a revolving door man they just yeah. they just die constantly and and if you don't have the support there for your tanks then your tanks can't help your your DPS and uh, I think this I think that's kind of where you have to start you kind of have to start with the tank players kind of build a great tank team and then go from there. That was a that was a major problem that Outlaws had is that Rockus just dies a lot. Like, yeah. If, if you've ever paid attention, and he's my favorite, single, but yes. In almost, in all, and I, I love Rockus too, but he mainly dies a lot. In like every single team fight, pretty much. It's it's. Um, I go to I go to regular parties at in Austin here where we uh where we all watch the Outlaws together, and it's almost become a meme to take a drink every time Rockus dies first in a team Nerd. fight. Nerd. to that point. It's so much fun. We're gonna be playing against the. Oh yeah, hey, can I go ahead and pimp this really quick while I'm doing this? I guess. Uh, so yeah, um, <laughs> coming up, coming up in the match before the NYXL versus the Houston Outlaws, I'm actually going to be taking part in a fan booster match Ooh. where the where the where the Austin uh, Lone Star Vanguard, which is the name of the Austin Outlaws supporting group, um, is going to be fighting the NYXL Booster Club. Mm. we're gonna be raising money for charity for different charities in new york and in houston and it's like gonna be broadcast and cast and everything and we have the official support from the outlaws and from the nyxl wow it's gonna, it's gonna no it's gonna be super hype um our our group actually just uh, recently a couple weeks ago became an official outlaws watch party that's amazing by the outlaws so they like give us swag and stuff it's gonna yeah, be dude. so much fun yo i'll, I'll make sure I throw up links we need a buffalo yeah. team so i can do it here so i can just host things here in my house oh, let's do it let's do it <laughs> i'll play can we, get, I, can we get some bc funds together too? i don't want to like be that. i don't want to be on the buffalo team i just want there to you be a buffalo oh sure <laughs> that might also be cool <laughs> i'll buy it yeah, I'll, be on the <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy it um we are going to take a very quick break and we'll be back with more show. If you're watching live, you will get a special treat. Stay tuned.
And we're back. <laughs> Hello. That was shit talking in the chat while I was gone. <laughs> no, of course not. Nope, not this guy. So that of course was if you are watching live, uh the um video I put together asking you guys to send me your favorite plays of the games or your favorite highlights. And that was what I came up with. I thought it was really good. I especially liked uh Nelvoid, who's my friend Sylv who did the amazing team kill as Reinhardt, and my other friend Fruitcake, who I know as Ren, who did the really cool D.Va thing where they flew up against the other D.Va and annihilated the entire team. So, <laughs> great job, guys. Um, and of course, Dawn. I, I, love, I like snipers. I play snipers in every game. And Dawn did an amazing thing wiping out Almost the entire team with Widowmaker. And I don't really like Widowmaker. But anyway, point is, great job, guys. You guys are great. Um, so we are going to move on and talk about something a little interesting. And that is um, the Video Game Hall of Fame. Twelve games are up as finalists for the 2018 Video Game Hall of Fame, which is put... Uh, put together in Rochester in a place called the Strong Museum. Um, previous winners include games like GTA 3, Pac-Man, Pokemon Red and Green, Halo, uh, Space Invaders, and a few other notable favorites. Um, games are usually recognized for their icon status, uh, longevity, uh, gra geographical reach, which I find to be an interesting pair of words, um, an impact on design and development on other games, pop culture, and society. Um, winners are chosen on May 3rd this year. There is also a player's choice ballot uh, where you can choose from Asteroids, Call of Duty, Dance Dance Revolution, Final Fantasy VII, uh, Half-Life, which probably will win, uh, John Madden Football, uh, King's Quest, Metroid, Minecraft, Miss Pac-Man, uh, Space War, and Tomb Raider. Um, and of course, if you want to learn more, you can visit the Strong Museum's website. Um, if you are listening to this on the podcast, it'll be in the description below. I'm actually trying to open the article right now, but it's not loading for me. <clears throat> it's really cool, so, though. It's in yeah, Rochester. And exactly, that's like I always forget. right there. <laughs> I always forget that the Strong Museum plays right there, and they have the Hall of Fame. And yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Very quick makes Google's me, makes me where happy. Rochester is. Oh, hey, it's right next to Lake Ontario. Cool. Yeah, the middle around of there. New York. Yeah. And yeah, there's more to New York than the city. And... Are you sure? <laughs> nope. What is this? What is this? Syracuse? That's just South Canada, okay? South oh. Canada? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think this is pretty cool, um, especially because it's Me including. Stop it. <laughs> it's including <laughs> some interesting choices. Um, Things that weren't necessarily from my generation. I'm 25, so I was born in 93. So things like asteroids um, weren't necessarily readily available unless I went to like an arcade or asked my mom to pull out the Atari or something. Um, but things like Final Fantasy VII, Dance Dance Revolution, things that I grew up with um, are being considered for the Video Game Hall of Fame, World Video Game Hall of Fame this year, and I think that's really cool. Oh, whoops, I fucked up the notes. Uh, there are people who say that Final Fantasy VII isn't the best Final Fantasy game, and they're right. But uh, 
Not, I hot take. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> it's so not a hot take. It's a hot take if you don't play video games. Um, the it, wrong uh, take, some would say. Final Fantasy VII is without a doubt <laughs> one of the most influential RPGs of our time since Chrono Trigger. Uh, people probably wouldn't know what an RPG is in the mainstream if it wasn't for Final Fantasy VII. I feel like I feel like Final Fantasy VII was the game that really elevated RPGs to a place where people could actually say that they were cool and mean it unironically and not just be like, no, really, I swear, Chrono Trigger is a really cool game, guys. Just check it out. People fucking like Cloud and they like Sephiroth and it, 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 it kind of scratched the similar itch to Dragon Ball at the time when it came out. I, I, I think Final Fantasy VII is the Dragon Ball of RPGs. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a, maybe... Uh, uh, maybe. If you catch anybody saying that Dragon Ball Z is the best anime of all time, I've got a fucking bridge to sell them. And similarly, Final Fantasy VII being the best RPG of all time is is a bold, bold, bold-faced lie. But they are both exceptionally good games, and both exceptionally good games and exceptionally good animes, and to say that they are standard bearers, not standard bearers for the genre would be would be severely misunderstanding their legacies. Lots of takes. <laughs> I will I will say it's not uh I never really was super into Final Fantasy. Uh, I played Chrono more. Um and I have played Final Fantasy to an extent. I think seven was great. I think the hype behind it is is just rough uh especially as someone who didn't play it when it came out mm-hmm. uh, then trying to go to it and you've got everyone telling you oh this is the best game in the world it's so good and then you start playing and you're like well, i don't know man like there's a lot of games that i liked that you now have to measure up to mm-hmm. so i i i don't know I, I i agree with paul mostly that i i don't necessarily feel comfortable calling it the best at anything i think it's probably the most one of the most influential yes uh like you said and i i do believe that it's one of the obviously the most popular uh besides everybody knows the best final fantasy game is final fantasy 13 oh gosh i can't drop my mic because it's in a shock mount but if i could i would man it would be really amazing all these hot takes from paul just flick it. Yeah, Final tactics. Fantasy, hey, tactics. that person. Yeah, actually, actually, never mind. Never mind. That's actually the real answer. I love tactics, man. Tact- Final Fantasy tactics, Lord of the Rings tactics. Any tactics is better. Tactics, ogre. <laughs> I guess tactics was pretty good. Thank you. Thank you, meddling kids, for that. Tactics Yo, if you haven't played Tactics Ogre the Night of Lotus on the Game Boy Advance, that is like probably one of the best games ever made. <laughs> um. So, now that we've gotten that out of the way... Let's talk a little bit about hacking, specifically in Sea of Thieves. Just like any, just like any online game, Sea of Thieves is having their own round with hackers. Uh, it's unclear how many people are abusing these cheats at the moment, but they have been found so far. Uh, like players are reporting seeing other players with way too much health. Um, websites are already selling aimbots and other cheats uh, that let people find more loot. Um, players are tracking other opponents. All kind of craziness. It sounds like APB, quite honestly. Um, oh, yeah, actually. <laughs> there are some Twitch and YouTube videos circulating of people freely using these cheats as well. So they're pretty blatant about it. And that's kind of that's rude. Um, some are using this and other hacking examples to argue against crossplay. Um, as Sea of Thieves is currently cross-playable between Xbox and PC. 
It's um, it's a, it's an Xbox cool. release that has the Windows 10 crossplay aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like one of those games that you can only you can only play it on Windows 10 because it's through the Microsoft storefront, which is only right. accessible on Windows 10. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. That I was just I was just confirming that. I, is this also? So are we doing the Sea of Thieves and the crossplay thing at once then? Yes. Oh. So All right, cool. I'll I'll lead into the other thing. Um, that is Tim Sweeney, uh, CEO of Epic Games. Epic Games, of course, produced Fortnite, the most popular game at the moment, probably. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Tim, <all> time. <laughs> Tim Sweeney, the CEO of Epic Games, thinks the crossplay uh, between consoles is a good thing. Um, in an interview with Glixel, Sweeney said that whatever the history is, it's really in the gamer's best interest to play with all of their friends. Uh, gamers who play with their friends spend more time uh, engaged, more and more time engaged. Uh, right now, Epic Games Fortnite can crossplay between PC, PS4, Xbox One, and even the iOS version. Uh, Sweeney also tells Glixel that with a game like Fortnite, you have middle schools who play uh, in classrooms together. Uh, that the traditional divide between PlayStation and Xbox owners don't doesn't need to be there. He says it's an amazing thing. Uh, and that Sony and Microsoft honor purchases in Fortnite made on an iOS platform or on their platform. So in that way, all of the platforms are working together, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sony's, 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 you want to go first? Okay. Maybe this is just my becoming old, like kids get off my lawn type mentalities. But like, I, I like crossplay. I think, I think it's great, but. I don't. I don't necessarily have ever argued, or or will ever argue that we need it. Um, <gasps> I, I, I no, I, it, crazy. Uh, <laughs> I just think that it it opens up so many so many issues. I think if you're able to do it and you want to do it, then then go ahead. But I'm never going to not support a, a a game or a team who doesn't have crossplay because it, it just it doesn't it doesn't interest. Me. It's it's a problem that doesn't need to be solved person and, and and it's 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 a problem that, it's a problem that doesn't exist uh if i want to play a game with my friends then i i make sure that the system i buy before i buy a system is the one my friends have like i guess that's I, fair I think, I think it's just i think it's as easy as that i think i i, I enjoy exclusives too and and i i you start getting crossplay and you start getting games where oh it doesn't matter whether you buy it on one or the other and and i think that's going to hurt exclusives a lot um because then you've got it's kind of like everything had a multiplayer for a while. Well, I think most exclusives, aside from, let's say, maybe Halo, are single-player exclusives. Yeah, um, but but when you when you look at it, at the game industry, so when you have things like multiplayer just starting, all of a sudden every game that got made had multiplayer because it was the thing to do. Sure. Um, and, and I think that's kind of what would what might we might see start happening with crossplay okay you make a game with crossplay people but people play it and then everybody goes we need our game to have crossplay and then they're going to sacrifice certain aspects of that game for crossplay and then or uh companies like sony and like microsoft are going to see less returns and less reason to put money into companies who want to make those exclusives and you'll see less and less of them and and they'll be more indie and and which i love indie games but mm-hmm. I want I want my my uh, Bloodborns and my Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, which isn't currently going 
or is currently going away from exclusivity, but I enjoy those games and I, and I don't think those always happen if you have a world where you need to make a crossplay. I guess I agree with you to a point because like Sweeney says, a game like Fortnite doesn't really lend itself to being exclusive to any one console. Um, I, I think it's really rather important for a game like Fortnite to have um, as much non-exclusive uh, things as possible um, to have the crossplay and to have the same skins be maybe like an exclusive skin for Sony or something like that or, you know, things like that, sure. Um, but I think that that kind of game doesn't really lend itself to being uh, super exclusive, whereas Sea of Thieves, I don't necessarily agree with them simply being Microsoft only as well. Um, I think that uh, it, it, Sea of Thieves lends itself again to that kind of cross-play inclusivity r rather than exclusivity. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's of course like Nintendo things, Sonic and all those type of things. Things that have uh, been with Nintendo and held by Nintendo for a long time. Super Mario and Smash Brothers and things like that. That certainly does lend itself to be exclusive because it is inherently Nintendo, if this, that makes this, sense. This kind of ties back into something that I talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast. I think it was like one of my first appearances uh, when I talked about how Nintendo kind of operates in its own ecosystem. It does. From yeah. And Microsoft. Um, Nintendo can afford to, with their first party plat, with their first party uh, IPs, be able to just totally isolate themselves because, first of all, they've just made a ton of really good shit that is theirs, and nobody can take that away from them. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, there is no competition as a result of that. So those those games will always be on their platforms. Right. And I think when it comes to stuff like that, when it comes to first party things. No crossplay makes sense. I I don't think anybody is asking for Splatoon 2 to come out on mobile. I don't think anybody's expecting Smash Brothers to come out on PS4. No matter how much Sony wants PlayStation Battle Royale All Stars to be a thing, it's not gonna uh, happen. Nope, it's not gonna happen. But on the flip side, having companies arbitrarily set these limits for game developers of because you're on our platform, you can't interact with X, Y, and Z. It feels restrictive to me in terms of the way game dev is going to work. Because if, if you want third-party third people to come to your console, you need to give them a reason why they want to be there. Absolutely. And I feel like I feel like this kind of didn't really get said, but specifically this issue is about Sony not allowing people to cross-play between Nintendo and Microsoft. Mm -hmm. that, is the, that is the only line in the sand that has been drawn here at this point. Because with Fortnite and with Rocket League... You can play cross-play between Microsoft, Nintendo, mobile, and PC. All four of those ecosystems are allowed to exist side by side and play against each other. And then there's Sony in the corner who's like, yeah, all right, PC. Yo, mobile. Y'all cool. Y'all cool. Microsoft, Nintendo, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> and you've got this situation where Sony is cutting off people who would potentially want to buy the game to play to play Rocket League with their friends on the Switch and on and on Microsoft that aren't able to and personally for me that would be an issue in terms of whether or not I want to buy the game and I understand that especially in the case of Rocket League uh Sony is kind of precious about it because they kind of are the reason that it exists 
but I think it's reached the point where Rocket League has finally outgrown the PS4 ecosystem that it was raised in. And I think, I think if Sony wants to continue to thrive and be at the front, at, be the standard bearer of consoles that they've become at this point, they, they really have become the standard bearer at this point. I think if they want to keep that, that momentum a lot, then either, either later on in this generation at some point, or maybe with the PS5 or at some point in the future, they're going to have to open up their ecosystem to the other consoles if they want to stay at the front. I think, and I think you guys have uh, a little bit changed my mind in that because um, that and I, I, <clears throat> I guess for the games that I'm playing, it does not necessarily make a difference whether I'm playing against people on a on an Xbox or keep people on a PC. I think it will create issues when you play things like fps games and you have people playing on an xbox and people playing on a playstation but then you have the pc people coming in with the mouse and keyboard um and i think we're already, like you already see that with everything uh, PUBG went mobile but you can run an emulator you can play with key and mouse and uh hey you're going to destroy your enemies oh, yeah. so i i think that i definitely would rather see though i i would rather see people have fun uh, and if, if having fun is you can play with everybody, that's great. But if having fun means that I have to play my FPS with someone who can use superior hardware and I, I have no ability of playing against people who are only using a, a controller, then I, I have no interest. Um, and I think you guys mentioned it and uh, one of our one of our viewers mentioned it, the early release versus exclusive. Um, I think I think it makes sense when you have an exclusive i personally absolutely hate early access stuff just because you're you're creating a f like almost a false economy of cool you guys can play it on this one earlier you can't play it on this one until later right and if you're gonna if you're gonna be on both just let people play um i i i, I don't enjoy it when like destiny uh is bought by Sony or Call of Duty when they were doing, oh, you can play these maps on this one, but not on this one. And you'll play them eventually, but to me, it just creates kind of a, a like missing out type atmosphere. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, I'd, that's... I'd rather you spend your money on making an exclusive than making it better to play it here. Right. That's, that's that's just an unfortunate reality of modern game development, I think. is yeah. it's, that's, just, that's just the financial reality of it, is that sometimes in order for a game to be made, a a publisher needs to fund it uh in yeah. order because like because like in the case of monster hunter world in the case of monster hunter world that's not the case i i capcom just really doesn't make pc games and they want to give and they're giving themselves a fuckload of buffer room damn sure shame it right the first time which yeah there's a damn shame that's why the game is coming out in august instead of when at launch when it did on the consoles and that's just because capcom doesn't want to fuck it up right i can totally respect that um but generally speaking with timed releases uh it's just a financial it's just a financial thing like the crash like crash bandicoot is a really good example crash bandicoot uh the crash bandicoot remake probably wouldn't have happened without sony dollars and so that's why there was a there were that's why yeah. there was a year-long uh exclusivity with the game before it came out before it's coming out on the switch and mm -hmm. xbox and pc um in a similar vein bayo one was on all the consoles it was a it was a broad release uh game 
but Bayo 2 and Bayo 3 are Switch exclusives because Nintendo is the only one who wanted to fucking publish the game and had faith in Platinum Games to make the other games and make them good, which is why it's a Switch exclusive and a Wii U exclusive. Nintendo essentially bought the rights to Bayonetta and made it a Nintendo property with their yeah. with their with their big Nintendo coffers. And like I said, that's just that's just the reality of modern game development is that sometimes games just won't get made unless the people that make the platforms are willing to pay for them. Nintendo was willing to pay for Nintendo was willing to pay for Bayonetta. That's why it's on the Switch. Uh, Sony was willing to pay for Crash Bandicoot. That's why it had a limited time release on the on the PS4. And I think as game development gets more expensive and as games go into longer and longer dev cycles, that's just going to become an increasing reality of of game development which is unfortunate but i'd rather games get made at all than them to to not get funding and never be made all right we got to start wrapping up so let's get to our last bit and since we are on the subject of nintendo splatfest (laughs) splatfest is coming uh to splatoon 2 very soon april 6th and the subject or the theme is uh sports it'll be baseball versus soccer um not a hard choice for me, <laughs> um, but um, what, what do you get if you if you're playing? Is it space? Gonna get blown the fuck out. What? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you know Austin. How popular baseball is in the United States compared to yeah, soccer, man. Soccer's gonna get blown the fuck out. Austin likes soccer. No, I I agree. You're right, but soccer <laughs> should win. I'm playing no, cricket. <laughs> I'm a hardcore outlaw. Outlaws. I'm a hardcore Astros fan, as you can tell by my generic bootleg uh, World Series shirt that doesn't say Astros or World Series anywhere on it. <laughs> I am the hardest core of fans. I actually do have a legit uh, Astros World Series shirt around here somewhere. But my uncle, my my mom bought me this for to celebrate the World Series. And I, well, mm, I don't like this chat anymore, yo. <laughs> what? The resident sleeping on the resident sleeping on baseball, man. <gasps> oh. It's okay. This is the thing. <clears throat> Are we gonna I, fucking go into trap sports? I can, I'm down. No, I can. I can watch baseball while I do my taxes, man. Like, <laughs> I don't need to spend. Wow. I, baseball. Baseball is the equivalency of NASCAR for me. Like, I will watch the first inning and I will tune in for the ninth inning, and that's about it. Hot I takes. I, I like. I get it. I get that people enjoy it. I have nothing against people who enjoy it, but I just I can't. Watch well, it, man. I gotta tell I you, Austin. I watch cricket. I gotta tell you, Austin, you are outnumbered two to one. Your hot take is also the wrong take. (laughs) It's fine, but yeah, I don't know, man. So as we wrap up, um, I've been asking my uh, guests uh, to recommend a game that they think our listeners should be playing. So starting with Austin, because you're right here next to me, um, what is a recommendation you would give to the listeners? All right, let's see. So, go by console, I guess. Um, Xbox, I recommend just getting rid of it and not having it because you can play every, you play every game on it on a play on a PC. So Such a hot takes to that. Um, <laughs> on the PlayStation lately, I've been playing the remade uh, Ratchet and Clank. I am finding that I love it. Apart from the fact that there must be a weird uh, bug where it doesn't tell you your trophies until you restart. Hmm. I know it's in, I know it's not entirely correct about the Xbox. However, most of the games that I bought for my Xbox ended up coming out for the PC, anyways. Um, <clears throat> Halo is the only one left. Um, as far as, but as far as Ratchet and Clank, I've uh, been really loving it. Uh, kind of a little shot of nostalgia. Um, and then, as far as PC, it's uh, just a lot of oh, you know what? Vermintide. 
I've been oh. playing Warhammer Vermintide with somebody okay. lately. So, someone. So now you have to play two, yes, because I think. Someone who yeah. was on the other day spoke about Vermintide 2. And I was in such shock at what that game was because I was like, I've never heard of it. And I was like, what is Vermintide? And so I Googled it as we were doing the show and my mind was blown and I love yeah, it. I haven't played it yet, so but it looks amazing and I you're need like, it. You're like, wait a minute, when did they make a sequel to Left 4 Dead? Holy shit. It looks amazing. And it's like it's fantasy great. and I, it's my favorite right now. I it's, really it's love it. Like, it's, like it's like you can just play the the uh, Helm's Deep or the Southern Gates level of Lord of the Rings Return of the King over mm -hmm. and over and over again in a new setting, and I love it. And it's, Perfect. It's, yeah, I'm having so much fun with it. This so is that, that's what I would say. Go pick up Vermintide 2. This is the second Vermintide 2 plug. Grammar <laughs> <laughs> left for dead. <laughs> um, Paul, a game. Uh, so yeah, um, at, first, at first I was going to suggest fucking if you have a PS4 and you have PlayStation Plus, go download Bloodborne right now before it rotates because it's free and it's fucking Ooh, yeah, fun. That's right. And hmm. also get Ratchet and Clank while you're at it because that is a fucking solid reboot for the series. Okay. But um, I thought about it some more and I remembered that earlier this week, this is this is going to be some fucking hardcore humble bragging, uh, I uh, actually got to visit Arcane Studios. Uh-oh. He's going to... Why don't you get to do all the cool stuff? I don't have it all. I don't have. Yeah, I live in Austin. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have all of it, but I got some cool fucking swag from uh, Arcane. Uh, I, I I delivered food to them and was like, "Hey, thanks for making Dishonored." And so in return, they gave me a coffee mug for Prey, which I don't have. They gave uh, me a deck of tarot cards for Dishonored, which I looked it up and sealed is worth like fifty bucks. So of course ooh. I cracked it open immediately because I hate collecting. Uh, and I got some some fucking mark tattoos wow. and a, nice. a praise sticker from the studio uh so so my suggestion this week is go back and play dishonored and dishonored 2 they're fucking solid you know, ass games agreed they, i mean uh dishonored dishonored came out in 2012 and while the modeling is kind of rough I, I went back and played it and ooh, it's 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 kind of visually muddy sometimes mm -hmm. uh stylistically it's a really fucking solid game and the gameplay is just mm, so clean just fucking blink strikes Guns, magic, uh, rats. It's so much fun, and I and I haven't played a, a ton of Dishonored too. But if it's more of the same but better and with more variation, fucking God, yes, go go play Dishonored, man. Go do yourself a treat. Go back and play the one of the best action uh, stealth games of 2012 and play fucking Dishonored. There you go, Dishonored. It is all right. Well, that's it for the weekly cooldown, everyone. Uh. Paul, thanks for showing up. Sorry I was late. <laughs> I was super, super asleep. My bed is right behind me, as you can see. It's okay. I appreciate you being here. Uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, um, Paul's Radical Twit. Or, no, Paul's Rockin' Twit um, on Twitter. You can find me on Tumblr, Paul's... Uh, what was it? What was my URL? Paul's Illuminated Promenade at Tumblr. Um, and you can find me streaming uh, Tuesday evenings on twitch.tv slash stuffing and press and on top of that i stream with several other people on a rotating schedule excellent austin how about you uh, on twitter you can find me at ar white but the i is a one because once upon a time i was 12 and i thought we'd speak <laughs> um you can always hit me up on discord or anything like that with a uh, rogue bludger if you ever want to talk say hi 
Um, and then, yeah, any games that you're playing, uh, just look for Rogue Bludger. And if you've been killed by or you've killed Rogue Bludger, you've run into me. And uh, most likely you've killed me. <clears throat> and, uh, hey, you should pimp out uh, Overwatch score, too. Yes, actually, yeah, sir, too. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, can also, you can also find me uh, writing about uh, Overwatch League on Overwatch score. Um, some less than, slightly less spicy takes than what we gave you today. Spicy. Um, however, tomorrow there is an article coming out about the, uh, the, the correlation of roster size to success in the Overwatch League. And you should definitely check that out because I think uh, I found a little, a fun little thing there that New York tries to argue against for me, seeing as they have the smallest roster in the league <laughs> and they continually win. But everybody else pretty much boils down to do you have more people right awesome yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it great 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 as always you can find me at uh kami jace gaming on twitter kami jace gaming on twitch now i will be hopefully setting up a stream schedule soon i'll be probably doing mostly overwatch oh, so that's why we're doing this no okay You're no, not that's not, no that's You're not, not true that's not true i also wanted to say that i'll probably be doing more live shows either every two episodes or every five. I haven't decided yet. Let's do every episode. Do I don't want to do every episode. <laughs> we can um, do every, five. every five makes sense. Every five. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, again, you can find me on Comedy Jace Gaming on Twitch. Comedy Jace Gaming on Twitter. You can also find Comic the. <laughs> you can also find the weekly cooldown on its own Twitter at WK Cooldown. And of course, you can visit the weekly cooldown website www.wkcooldown.com uh, I think that's it I am of course Kami Jace thank you all for watching uh, thank you for listening if you're uh, listening to this tomorrow um, I have to go and read this entire Encyclopedia Eorzea book we'll see you next time thanks everyone take care y'all have a good evening bye <laughs>